listen, if it's time to talk NBA, the guy I like to talk to most is Danny Thompson. I know I've been doing with EJ Christian, but he's been making basketball takes that even I can dunk on. Uh, so with that in mind, <laughs> let's bring in some real talent. Speaking of dunking on things, man, listen, I, 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 am a, I come to you as a man humbled. You had predicted back in, I think it was July or August, that the Falcons would dominate the hapless NFC South. And, and I capitulate to you that, that your Falcons, I, 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 they are, wait, what, what? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Does that mean you were wrong about Desmond Ritter? It means you were wrong about Desmond Ritter. Aren't you? Kyle, I said all year, we want, this is an evaluation for Desmond Ritter. As we evaluated on Sunday with that interception, that was um, was I think is almost on the same level as Marcus Mariota's interception in that same stadium in the rain one year ago. It was almost I think it was worse. I think the interception from Riddle Sunday was worse than the the Mariota interception where he did like the three sixty and just like just decided to toss it in the air for no apparent reason. At this point, I, I with the news on Wednesday of uh, news Tuesday of. Desmond Ritter going back to the bench. I think this is the end of Arthur Smith as we know it at this point. I think this is the end. By the way, it would be more appropriate if this bottle had a green label, but this is being paying tribute to that backup supplanting Desmond Ritter again. Listen, at this point, you see, it would be funnier if it was a Heineken, but you know, listen, I don't care if Heineken. Heineke, Meineke, I don't care what happens. Did you throw in a muffler <laughs> shot? Yes. They just fix up. The Falcons muffler isn't running because John Robinson is not running. I mean, so, listen, yeah, you, apparently you have no muffler because the Falcons have been sucking out loud. Anyways. But so, no, you know, like, real quickly, you know, the, the crazy part is, right, John Robinson gets benched for fumbling in a rainstorm, right? Yeah, right. He gets benched for fumbling in a rainstorm that kept – Every Panther fan from and Falcon fan from the stadium, because obviously nobody wanted to spend forty nine cents on a ticket um, on Sunday. But Desmond gets allowed to throw what, eleven red zone turnovers this year. Eleven. The Falcons have lost their last four games in the final minute. Oh, oh, no, no, no! Hold on, you you don't get to use that as an excuse because I would think you used to be it's, used to that. From it's not, ex- it's not an excuse. Now. It's it's just flat out like to the point where it's not. I'm not making an excuse of it. Oh, Arthur okay. Smith at this point needs to go. Like yesterday, he, him and Brandon Staley should have been on the same boat together. Okay. Um. Well, here's what, and here's the only thing I'll bring up. You're talking about oh well, this was an evaluation year for Desmond Ritter. And I tried to tell you, based on my time evaluating him myself with the black and gold banneret, bing, bing, having, having seen him multiple times in my coverage of UCF, I told you he was not an NFL quarterback. Well, no, God, we need to evaluate something, something when the NFC South. So, no, your fraud cons hurt the you. evaluation should have happened last year. It should have happened last year. And I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. Listen, it should have happened last year. Mayo should have played a little last year, but we're not talking here nor there. Kyle, you're in a wonderful place right now. You're in the city of Orlando. There's some great basketball going on out there. Yes. Oh, look at this guy trying to host my show, segue away from his humiliation. But let's roll with it because I like it. I like it. No, you make the great point. Listen, I I, I have been covering the Magic for A7B in sports. Bing! And um, I got to say, being present for – 
a 30-point beatdown of the Lakers, a dominant, I think it was like but almost 20-point win over the defending world champion Denver Nuggets, which, by the way, seeing in person, Nicole, or not Nicole Jokic, I'm sorry, um, uh, Joker, duh, um, seeing Joker do his thing in person mm-hmm. was uh, he and Paolo Van Caro are both very good at basketball. Um, that's That was my takeaway from that game. <laughs> Uh, no, and just watching, you know, a point center in person was entertaining. Um, we hadn't seen that since Vlade Divas, and he certainly wasn't as good as Jokic, anybody by any stretch of the imagination. Um, got to see Donovan Mitchell in person when Cleveland came to town. But I say all the above to say, I know that um, uh, the Magic are in the middle. Well, actually, by the time this airs, they would have completed back-to-backs with Boston, uh, which is a tough out. I think Boston's going to kind of pull away a bit more from the Magic and their rankings in the Eastern Conference. But I say all that to say, this Magic team, man, even with Markel Fultz missing as much time as he has, is still doing the thing. How impressed are you? I think I'm, I'm, you know, this is something that's been coming for a while. I think Magic fans have been waiting for the moment where everything seems to click at the right time. You know, the Magic have been the poster child of lottery draft picks and high draft choices and this and that for years. And Jamal Mosley was brought in to teach the kids and bring them in. This is what Orlando in the East is what Oklahoma City is out West. You have all this young talent together. It's just now getting them together to get you to the next step. And I think they're doing a great job. Ben Caro, Franz Wagner, um, you know, even without Markel Fultz, you're seeing what they have with the kid, Anthony Black, I think was going to be really I'm good by him. Eventually, Jalen Suggs, another top five pick, is now playing good basketball. Jonathan Isaac is healthy, and that's another thing. There's so much talent. There's so much talent in Orlando. It's good to see. It's good to see talent being used correctly. And Orlando is a team that cannot be in the playing game. They could actually be a top six team in the Eastern Conference when it's all said and done. Because the Magic are playing like they have nothing to lose, and they really don't at this point. I, I'm on record saying that they uh, the ceiling for them feels like the sixth seed. I know they're the number two right now, but, I mean, as we get to Christmas and, and everything starts to ramp up, I, I don't mean to say, like, they aren't trying hard now, but as, as teams try more, try more air quotes, there's less load management, that sort of thing, I feel like the Magic are going to come to earth a little bit. Um but, you know, well, and, and tell me this. I, I know I didn't tell you we're going to go over this in, in, in the pregame, but I know you'll have something for me. I don't know what to make of Philly. I, I don't hear a lot of people talking about them. I mean, listen, with, with Joel Embiid, like a big man, I thoroughly respect. And, and what's going on there? What do you feel like? Uh, what, what's your pulse on Philly? Are they a threat? They're always a threat. Anytime Embiid, I mean, I mean, we're not going to count the Charlotte game, even though I, I, I literally watched that, you know. Um, that, that I know you did, Homer. It's okay. No, no, that debauchery he did to Charlotte. He literally had like I think he outscored them for the first 18, 19 minutes a game in that game, um, where he, what, I think he had a forty point, almost a forty point triple double in, in thirty minutes. Um, <laughs> Philadelphia is this. Tyrese Maxey's playing at a whole different level. I wrote about that on my uh, Substack, Bing, uh, which is a wonderful good thing, Danny Thompson. No problem. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's turning himself into an all star. I think the one thing Philadelphia is missing, um, Tobias Harris has, has not become an offensive player, he's become more of a defensive threat. They still need wing scoring. 
I think Philadelphia will still go out there and go get a wing. If they can go get an OG and a Nobi from Toronto, if Toronto decides to pull that trigger, maybe a Zach Levine, they still need one more wing, a wing scoring threat. And once you, once they get the wing scoring threat, you can put them right back up there in Milwaukee, right up there with Boston, right up there with the with the Magic, even at this point, um, in the in the in the upper echelon of the Eastern Conference when it comes to the best teams in the East. Man, listen, I, I this is why I like talking to Danny Thompson. He doesn't tell you problems. He also brings you solutions, as you just saw right there, bringing up Raptors players. I mean, that, 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 that's amazing in itself. But, yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a lot going on. These obviously, Boston's a factor. You're kind of confirming what I was thinking about Philly but wasn't brave enough to say out loud. Um, you know, the, it, more perimeter, consistent perimeter play would be good for them too, I think, overall. Um, the Magic are, are doing their thing. The Cavs are a good basketball team. The Magic just happened to tear through them when they weren't fully healthy. And then also in that game in question, they missed literally 32 threes. So, uh, you know, you're not going to win a basketball game like that. I'm worried about Cleveland at this point. I mean, Evan Mobley's injury is, is, is one thing. But now there is, you know, of course, there's the whispering of the wind of Donovan Mitchell and his future in, in Cleveland. And, sure. you know, and... Darius Garland, they went for the fences. I'm not sure what this is going to turn out. I don't know if Cleveland's a top four team when they come in a playoff series. Um, I'm not sure if Donovan Mitchell is that player that can get you over the hump. He's a great regular season player. It's just that there's something missing from that Cleveland team. Uh, maybe when Mobley gets back in a couple of weeks, they can see what it is, but there's That's just something why, yeah. missing. That's why I, I'm not I'm not done evaluating. I I and, and you got a better eye than than I do on it. It's just, it's just even with, it's just something off about this unit. It's like they were so good before Mitchell got there. You saw Evan Mobley take the turn step, Jerry Allen, Darius Garland turned into an all star. Like you saw those steps. I don't. I mean, I get going for Mitchell and going for it. You have to at some point because I even think the Magic at some point are going to have to go for it. And when I say go for it is. When you have so much young talent on the roster, at some point you're going to have to make a move to go get that guy that's going to take you over the top. The star. Unless, unless you have that guy already on roster. Now, we have to see if Paulo Bencaro can be that top 10, the top 15 player in the NBA that the Magic don't have to go trade for. Because championship teams have to have a guy that's literally the top 10 to 15. And a, a, a second guy that's probably top 20, top 20, top 25. You need you need to win in the NBA with those with two guys like that. But what guys I'm hearing, so let me stop you there. But what I'm hearing you say, like you mentioned Paolo. Let's go back to the magic for a second with this. Mm-hmm. With Paolo, I think the magic have already put their chips into the table that he's the one. I, I don't think there's any hiding that. Right. But no, I don't I, 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 don't, I agree with that. I think because now you're seeing him, they're putting him in a high post situation, kind of similar to what LeBron James was when he's handling the ball a lot more, making more decisions okay. with the basketball in his hand. The one thing about Paolo is that we haven't seen where Paolo takes games over. Not yet, but I, I think and that, I think and that, and that's the part he's missing. But here's here's my other thing. Let's say that that even hits. I mean, you're making a good point, but my real question was going to be: Let's say Paolo that 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 bet pays off, and we get that because there have been games where he's at the end has made the final bucket to do the thing. I don't know. I don't know that Paolo's that guy that takes over games, but the way Mobley's kind of or not Mobley Mosley. Uh, Jamal Mosley is coaching this team. It's kind of a a, a, a positionless group, kind of a uh, group by collective. I mean, Joey Ingles off the bench, uh, Cole Anthony off the bench, 
they're making huge impacts. I think I, I, I need to look this up, but I, I would assume that their bench is among the more productive in the league. If alone the magic, magic plus minus on the bench is one of the highest in the NBA. So you know, yeah, they, they, okay, they, they, so, right. they do it. But the problem I, is, I, when I, you, I don't need your statistical knowledge. I could just look at it and know that that's true. Even without faults is my point. I know, you know it. I'm saying I could just look and see it. You know, but, but I think what happens is when you get to the playoffs, right? In the regular season, you could run nine and 10, 11 man rotations in the play the regular season. But in the playoffs where rotations get shorter, and star players play more minutes, and guys have to have defined roles. The question for Bancaro is, or maybe it might be Franz Wagner. We've seen Franz do it on the international so level. I was going to ask, is Franz the second guy then? I mean, if, if, if Franz can – here's the thing I have with this, right? It's like we see guys when they play in the European tournaments or the World Cups or the things that happen during the summer. For the, and this is a magic example. Evan Fournier is the best example of this. That's a, yeah, Olympic, I'm mention another foreign players are enough, right? Olympic Evan Fournier is completely different than regular season Tuesday night in September, in November, Evan Fournier, who doesn't play for the Knicks. Even Carmelo Anthony was different in international competition than he was in regular competition. Franz Wagner was phenomenal. Everybody talks about Dennis Schroeder was the MVP, but Franz Wagner was phenomenal in Germany's run through FIBA's World Cup last summer. If Franz Wagner can be the guy to take games over, that's it. Orlando just needs a guy that can finish games off when it counts the most. And that's what the only thing they're missing is. What sets them differently apart from Boston and sets them different away from Milwaukee is that they don't have the closer in a big moment. Boston has a closer. Jason Tatum is, 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 is well known for being a closer. Jalen Brown can do as well, too. Milwaukee went and got Dame to take the pressure off Giannis. Yeah. Now you have finishers on both levels. Orlando's next step is finding out who is that guy? That guy, when you know there's 30 seconds left in the game, can go get me a bucket, go get to the line, and just a- embrace the moment. They're young. Orlando's young. That's what I'm saying. It might have to take some of those guys, that talent they have, and maybe go get a guy that's, that has fearless down the stretch. It, it, it doesn't it just needs or a guy that puts fear in teams at the end of games. Orlando is talented, and we'll have to see. Like I said, we're talking basketball in in the middle of this type of conversation, playoff basketball in late December. Yeah, you know, and Orlando hasn't Orlando hasn't been in this stage, Kyle, in years where we're talking about oh snap, this Magic team actually could win not only the regular season but they might win a playoff series. Like this, like we go back to like Jameer Nelson and stuff, right? We're talking Dwight Howard was the last time yeah. we saw a Magic team that you can see here and say they can win a playoff series. This Magic team currently constructed, as long as they avoid Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee, they can win a playoff series. If they got the Knicks in the first round, I, I wouldn't be my. I, I would not be fear. I would not be surprised if the Magic beat the Knicks in the first round of playoff series, or beat Cleveland in the first round of playoff series, or Brooklyn, or even Miami. I would not be surprised. Well, and let's just uh, jump here, too, because we talk a bit about uh, what, what the Magic do with size. Jonathan Isaac is relatively healthy, though he's got to take some breaks here for his knee or anything like that. By the way, a dude who's completely outplayed my expectations, Koga Bataze, is doing some things, man. He's Listen, not a Gol- great player, but he's filling the gap great. But see, I think Golga was – I think sometimes basketball is about situations, right? Yeah. Golga was Golga was in Indiana in an offense that was really more of an up-and-down – as you see now, the Pacers play literally no defense. Like they literally just are like, they. I think they gave up what one fifty to the Clippers the other night, last night or Tuesday night. 
That's a lot. Yeah. And they scored 130. Like, they score points. But Dazze is more of a, you know, we're in the half court. We're running sets. He is, I think he's like, I think he's a poor man's version of Yusef Nurkic. There's nothing wrong with that. A physical I, guy that if you go give get him a chance, he will throw it down right in your face. I've seen it happen. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that if you if you play in the half court, Ben Carroll can go out and play on the perimeter and let Golga just go out there and just bo- and body people. He's a perfect complement to Wendell Carter Jr. when Windows the game because it's almost the same skill set. Right. Well, Windows missed so much time. I haven't seen a lot of him as as I would like, and, and he'll make be more of a factor later on. But I mentioned they need him. They're gonna need him. Yeah, I mentioned Koga, Goga because. He's going to be tested here on Wednesday facing my guy, Bam Adebayo. Listen, I know everybody talks about Hemi Butler, but you and I both know that in those finals where the Heat got put out, um, Bam Adebayo was definitely the bright spot in all of that. I expected him to get neutralized by Nikola Jokic, and that did not happen. Well, Um, I I think when Bam, because Bam is on the perimeter, can play on the perimeter, it's hard to deal with that. You know, Bam is so athletic. He could hit the 18, that 17, 18 footer. Um, of course, he could get the paint. And he, could, and he has so much Dwight Howard tendencies when he's down there. We're talking Orlando Dwight Howard, not any other Dwight Howard. Yeah, where he that's can the score. one that matters, Dwight Howard, right? Yeah, and so he and he can change games, but he can also score from the perimeter. So I think in the matchup with the, when you have the the Magic and the Heat on, I think it's a Wednesday night. I think what's going to happen in a lot of cases is you see, you'll see Bam try to pull Badaze from the paint. Sure. And because if not, Ben Carroll is going to have to be the one to guard Bam. And that's a completely different story because then Bam goes aggressive and tries to get Ben Carroll in foul trouble. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put Ben Carroll out on him. I would wonder whether or not you put him up against Hemi or 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 somebody else. And I don't know if you want to put Ben Carroll on Butler because Butler's one of the best free throw drawers in all of basketball. He can get to the free throw line. And the one thing you don't want is Ben Carroll getting in foul trouble. I think Orlando uses a a group approach. I think you'll you'll see Gary Harris, who's a good defender, guarding him. You'll see Jalen Suggs. You'll see different guys on Jimmy Butler. But when it comes to the game on the line, then you start putting your best. you, You might see Jonathan Isaac be the one to guard Jimmy Butler down the stretch. You hold Isaac for late game situations because Isaac will be able to get the ball out of the hands of Butler. But then you also got to deal with Tyler Hero on the perimeter as well, too. You got to worry about Hero. I was going to ask uh, ask what you do with him, and then you just said, well, you got to worry about him because he's out there, right? Yeah, and listen, good ba- championship basketball teams are balanced. And then I, I feel like I'll put it this way. The matchup I want to see, and I think we'll get at some point in that game, is Cole Anthony and Jimmy Butler. They're going to battle. And if that's the case, I, it's not look for it's not good for Orlando because Butler would basically just back Cole Anthony into it like would be a size Disney. Thing. yeah. Yo, because Jimmy, one thing about Jimmy, Jimmy's so good when it comes to adjusting. Like Jimmy knows when he sees some some things on offense, he knows when to be physical. He knows how to okay. If I have this guy who's bigger than me, I'm gonna try to get by him and make him foul me. Um, the one thing about Jimmy Butler is that you don't know when he's going to attack. It could be early games. It could be mid part of the game. We know at the end of the game he's attacking, but he's also good enough down the stretch to know that he knows when to pass in the big moments. Right. Well, like he, he, and, and I think the X factor is Duncan Robinson. I think the, the Robinson is the X factor for Miami on Wednesday night. The same way I think the X factor for Orlando is not only Franz Wagner, 
but I really think Anthony Black's defense is the X factor. If Black comes in and uses his size as late to disrupt the the Heat guards, especially Kyle Lowry, who doesn't turn the ball over. Hey guys, if we, if Kyle this comes out in time, guess what? For those who like to play daily fantasy, always take Kyle Lowry under on turnovers. <laughs> Kyle Lowry doesn't turn the basketball over. I think Kyle, if you, if you ever play prize picks, his turnover is always like one and a half. And he goes under so many times. There's like so many nights where he goes under one and a half turnovers because he doesn't turn the ball over. I'm I looking think forward he, to that Kyle Lowry article on your sub stack, homie. <laughs> Bing! Um, but no. <laughs> um, I think this, this is this is a good early season matchup because the Magic are really good at this point. I think I think they're really good. And like you said, they've they've already passed some really good important litmus tests. They've beaten Denver, they've beaten Boston. I mean LA. Yeah, they beat LA. So they've passed some really good litmus tests Got in the first half franchise of the best. Uh, win streak in nine straight games, by the way, too. So, well, yeah. and, and 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 I'll put a bow on it from my end from this. The reason why I say I, I want to see Cole Anthony, if you are in a position where Jimmy Butler is posting a guy up, that means he's not attacking from the perimeter. That means he's not driving to the basket to create foul trouble so much. And it really, to me, Jimmy Butler's going to get his. I'm just trying to make sure he does it as slow as possible so they have as few touches as possible. And there's a little bit of a football mentality here, you could tell. And um, and 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 I feel like the post if Cole Anthony's doing it right is is the one where it's easiest to get a lower percentage shot overall. Now, granted you don't want him, you know, right on the doorstep necessarily doing it, but Cole Anthony's going to fight. And and I feel like that's something to where it, 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 Jimmy's going to get his, but he's not going to make every one. And so long as you keep the Tyler Heroes, the Duncan Robinsons out of the offense, and you know you let Isaac and, and that group kind of, ro- I think you'll get a rotation uh, against Bam with Isaac and Bataze, no question. Um, I, 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 I like the rotation concept on those two guys. I think that makes sense. But you know, if take the game out of their hands, or at least minimize it as much as you can, and then if you get beat by a Robinson. And that's the thing. And that's the one thing you don't want Miami unloading from the three point line. You don't want, you don't want, you don't want Miami allowing hero and Robinson and Caleb Martin. Uh, and those guys to start shooting for Kevin love starting to shoot from deep. I keep forgetting loves there. Yeah. I, I, sometimes Kevin love forgets. Kevin love is there. Uh, I think, <laughs> I, I think if you, if the, and that's the thing, it's like packing the paint. Um, I remember I wrote an article about, about, Jimmy Butler and Kevin Love last year on my subset, bing, which is still relevant today. It's about why do you bring Kevin Love into the offense? Why do you have Caleb Martin? Because when Jimmy Butler is driving, like you want Jimmy Butler driving, the thing is you don't want him taking fadeaway jumpers or pull-up jumpers. Yeah, so exactly. the one thing about it is you start putting Kevin Love and Duncan Robinson in corners, Butler's such a good, smart passer, he's going to hit those guys in the corner. I think at some point, you might want to let Butler go for 35-40 and then make sure everybody else doesn't beat you. So it's the Jokic defense, kind of like... It could like- be, because Jimmy's not a, the, Jimmy's not the greatest shooter. Jimmy knows how to score. Jimmy's a scorer. He might not be the greatest shooter, but he just knows how to score. If Butler goes for 40, that means Hero's not shooting the ball, that means Robinson's not shooting the ball, and you're playing good perimeter defense. I think the magic number for this game is 35%. If the Magic keep the Heat under 35% shooting from the three-point line, they win this game. 
That's a good number. I like that, Danny Thompson. By the way, see, I'm not sounding so foolish with my Cole Anthony thing, right? You get, you get Cole Anthony involved heavily with Hemi. I know there's yeah, a and, and, I mean, the thing is, you don't want, but you don't want Cole, you don't want Cole getting into a shouting and a screaming contest, a trash talking contest with one of the best in basketball. Oh, but no, that's exactly what I want. That I want, I want, I want him thinking about that more, and maybe that brings a shooting. I, I don't know, but um, with that in mind, like we have that, and then you got Isaac. And um, uh, Bataze rotating on Bam. Hopefully they could minimize his damage. And you put Van Caro on Tyler Hero to make sure he ain't chucking it. I think that's a mix. Like I said, I, th- I think the ma- I think you keep Miami from keep being accurate from the three point line, and I think you, you you maximize every possession on offense. I think you I think the Magic are one of the better teams in the league. But I think when everybody touched, I think there's a stat I gotta find out where it was. I think I saw it a couple weeks ago where the Magic was in the, in the upper third of the league and made baskets when every player on the floor touches the basketball in that possession. Interesting. That's a good stat, Danny Thompson. That's why you check out his stack overflow. Bing! But listen, I, I mean, it's unfortunate that this episode will be playing while Jamal Mosley's on the sideline there coaching his squad. We're giving him a hell of a lot of information here. Um, No, but let me let me take it to the obvious thing that's in the, that's in the limelight right now. Um, Draymond Green doing the super macho man punch to get his suspension um first of all let me just open with the obvious from your perspective is what did the nba handle that correctly he had the heat at some point they had i'm surprised it took this long i really did um i i thought this would have happened after the jordan pool punching in the face and in practice incident right. um i i think we have to we have to start looking at the mental health of players um you know yeah, we can laugh and joke about Draymond, you know, punching people or kicking people or karate kicking folks or, you know, flailing on the rounds. But when he said, it was kind of scary when he says sometimes he doesn't remember the moment when it happens. He just black, it's like he almost blacks out at a certain point. Well, um, let me start with this. How much do you buy that? Do you think that's real? I think a lot. I think it, I, I do believe that. I think what happens is to me, I kind of feel when he says it, I feel like it's kind of a, a tactic on the mic to avoid talking about it. But if it's real, I mean, but because, because if you think about it, you know, Draymond plays with so much emotion and so much like he, he leaves everything to the floor. One thing you can never say about Draymond Green is that he doesn't give everything he has when he's on the court. I think when you're that type of emotional player, I think sometimes, I mean, I've heard players talk about it in different sports, you know, they black out and don't remember when things happen. Right. You know, and a lot of times that's when foolish stuff happens. And it's just, it's just even a regular human society, not just athletes, as humans in general, where they forget where they are and it happens. Uh, stuff happens. I think the next few weeks while he's away from this team, I think he has, to, I think it has to be, like taking apart, taking into consideration what he needs to do for himself mentally. Now, what I I think was going to happen is, I don't know if he's playing another game for the Warriors at this point. I don't think he should either, frankly. If I'm no, I, I think it might be the point where they start having conversations about moving on from one another. Um, I mean, you create, and I, I think this is the best this point best point made so far. And I, I'll simply summarize it by saying. Uh, he punched Poole in the face, and as it would eventuate, he was rewarded with a contract. Well, I mean, he also rewarded Jordan Poole was rewarded with getting out of Golden State $130 million and was given to the Washington Wizards who had to deal with his foolishness. All I right, mean, that's no, that's no that's for the podcast. Point, but nonetheless, I'm talking about from Draymond's perspective. I think this is, I think a lot of times this is the start, the create the, the framework cracking on the Warriors dynasty 
and the Warriors run over the NBA. When I say that it might be the you last, just, you had to go right there and ruin my next question. But go ahead. <laughs> no, well, go ahead ask the question, and I can go ahead and expound on it. Is the dynasty done? I, I think this is the crackings of it. I think just more than just Draymond just punching Yusuf Nurkic on, uh, on national TV night. It's Clay Thompson's ability not to hit that hit shots. I think the offense is crowding around Steph Curry. I think also this is the fact of the young kids never developed because That's a good point. They, they never got on the court. Because you know, let me stop you here real quick. As somebody who's been critical of Steph Curry, uh, and, and like it's not that I think he's a bad player, I think it's a little bit of it's the same as how I felt about Russell Carrington Wilson early in his career. I've never said Russell Carrington Wilson is bad. I'm using his middle name. That should tell you plenty. But I always felt like Steph Curry was more of a liability than anyone was allowed to give him credit for. Why? Because he enjoyed so many highlights. Listen, I love the thing where he takes the three and knows it's in and dances and all that. It's fun. But he also, for a while, he's kind of gotten over it, obviously, had trouble doing the big things that need to be done in the fourth quarter and is a defensive liability. Now, this year, he's doing things that are absolutely remarkable and it's getting swept under the rug in a way that I can't fathom just because of all the other drama, Clay doing bad, Draymond doing his thing. Like it's, I'm it's, not a Warriors guy, but I'm not even a Curry guy as I stated, but it's just wildly unfortunate. It's the thing is Steph Curry has got, Steph Curry is one of the rare cases where players get better as they get older. Right. Like you would yeah, think that yeah. at some point you would hit a peak. Like a lot of guys hit their peak at 31, 32. Steph is still his peak at 35. Like he's, it's like LeBron still, Look, look. But shooting ages well. How old was Ray Allen when he did what he did to help no, the Heels, man? But but Ray Allen was a 12, 13 point a game scorer by him at that point. He Ray, was but still though, he still made look, bro. I, I understand what the stats say. I know you're gonna come at me with stats. You no, and I both not. know Ray Allen is the reason a number of Miami fans missed that big game and that big shot. Well, I mean, I get that part, but what I'm saying is what, what Steph Curry is doing, right? It's almost okay, yeah. Steph Curry's not at that point in his career either. It, it, it's, that, but, it's almost the same as watching LeBron at 40. Like, the numbers LeBron's doing at his age, I think it's the same thing with Steph Curry's doing and also the responsibility of what Steph Curry is doing. I think Curry's going to be in the league longer than Vince Carter. I'll go on record, okay? <laughs> that's a good, that's a good, that's a, that's, a nice little, that's a nice little segue, but I think also the Warriors coming out of this, I think you have Draymond Green, coming unhinged at this point. Yes. Clay Thompson is basically almost unplayable most nights because not only is the shot not falling, but because of all the injuries he's had, he doesn't have the same mobility on defense. He can't attack, yeah. We're also not even talking about Andrew Wiggins completely just going, like he's going backwards, or he's going backwards like a Ford Bronco during the, 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 the OJ, OJ No, he's run. missing so much that they've even skipped putting him on the milk carton. I get it. I mean, <laughs> to the point where and then you know Kavon Looney, Kavon Looney can only do but so much. Yeah. They've had Hydra, they've had lottery picks. They've had three lottery picks, four again, yeah, three lottery picks and a bunch of good role plays. Jordan Poole is gone. They gave yeah. the extension, he's gone. James Wiseman was taken with the second overall pick, couldn't play because he got hurt. Then he he was the wrong fit. So he's gone. Moses Moody is, I think, is really talented, but is stuck behind Clay Thompson at this point. <laughs> He's not seeing the court. So we're now three years into this, and we don't know what he has there. Jonathan Kaminga has been an up-and-down roller coaster, but people forget Jonathan Kaminga came from high school, played one year in the G League, and is thrown into the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors don't even know what he is, and Steve Kerr can't trust him because of what happens on the court. 
So that leaves the Golden State Warriors with a rookie of Brandon Pozinski, which I think Pozinski from, um, uh, I want to say Santa Clara or San Francisco, superly talented rookie, very under the radar. Santa Clara, I think he's really good. He's starting right now. He's starting on the Warriors because Wiggins is coming off the bench at this point. The war, and it's, like I said, Steph Curry is holding this thing apart. The problem is, Clay Thompson wants a two a two hundred million dollar extension. The Warriors are trying to give him forty five million. There is no way this is going to work out. And at this point, if you're the Warriors, how the hell do you pay Clay, man? Like, there's no way. I'm, not, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say the unthinkable on your show. I think it might be trying to trade Steph Curry at this point. Or have the conversation. I was going to ask you if if Curry stays a warrior. I, 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 we me, all know. Let me, let me let me give you the 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 juxtaposition that I I would offer. It feels like Jeff Hornacek in Philadelphia before he went to Utah, right? I no, I think it's way more than this. Oh, okay. I think I think this is almost to the point where it's almost like you said because curry has rings curry has legacy and everything else so, so it's kind of hard to put it in comparison but it's almost That's as, the best one i got so i took a shot it's <laughs> almost as almost as bad as watching patrick going the last couple years in new york knowing that the knicks are going in the dumpster fire and the thing is uh or even watching carl malone the last couple years in utah when everything is going down they can't win and it's around him i think you can get so much for steph curry at this point like you could probably get a bigger package than what Dame Lillard was sent for, and the Warriors can start over. But the problem is, you trade Steph Curry, that building becomes empty again, and then everybody's talking about y'all should go back to Oakland at this point. Okay, <laughs> all right, y'all gonna be a rel- y- y'all should play next to that relic which was called the Oakland Coliseum because nobody's in Oakland anymore. I I I know that could trade Steph Curry, but it'd be interesting to see what you could do for it because Draymond Green's value is almost in the toilet right now. Andrew Wiggins doesn't have much value. Almost in the toilet? No, that bitch flushed. What you talking about? Clay Thompson <laughs> is an expiring contract, and the thing is, the Warriors are so far the luxury tax problem they can't go yeah. sign anybody. Right. So it's like Steph Curry's final few years are going to be in a situation where there's no winning involved, or are not a lot of winning or championship winning. Dre, if Draymond comes back from this, Kyle, I'm glad you said if, by the way, but continue. I think when he comes, I mean, he's going to come back eventually. Like I said, we don't know how he's going more. I think they're saying at least a couple, at least three weeks. I'm thinking we won't see Draymond. So probably right around the, I think right around February. So I think we'll see him. I, I think that's fair enough time to get him to get himself together. If, if Draymond Green could go back to Draymond Green, we're talking we're talking first championship set Draymond Green when he was before Kevin Durant walked in that door and Draymond's playing at that 16-8-8, giving you great defense, giving you leadership, doing everything. If he gets back to that, 95% of that, 90% of that, the Warriors can turn this thing around. Really? If Draymond comes back and becomes the leader that they need because there's a difference between Steph Curry leading and Draymond Green leading. There's two different types of leading. But hold on, I, I hear turn it around and, and maybe be a playoff threat and all that, but they're not a legitimate championship threat. The one thing about the Western Conference, Kyle, <laughs> look at the Western Conference standings right now, right? We're looking at a Western Conference where it's like flashing back to like 2003, 2004, Ooh. where you see the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Sacramento Kings just sitting at the top of the standings right now. 
Like you're sitting, you're watching the kings in the, in the temple and thinking, where it's the hell? Still weirds me out, man. I, I'm like, sorry. Where, like, like where the hell's Kevin Garnett? And where the hell's Chris Webber on the court right now? You know, where's Stephon Marbury? Where's like, Troy like, Hudson? Like, yeah, like where? Where's Sprewell? Like where the hell is Vlad? Hey. Vladdy? It's Christmas time. It's Christmas out, Kyle. It's like it's like when you, it's, it's a wonderful scene in trade places. Like Divock, where the hell is Divock? It's like. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, you're, you're flashback and you're seeing the Warriors, you're seeing you're seeing the Kings, you're seeing the Timberwolves at the top of the standings. The Lakers, like I said, the Lakers are they're the in season tournament champions. They posted a damn banner for crying out loud. Where their in season championship? I ain't even mad at that though. Let's be wrong. But but the thing is, the Lakers are Anthony Davis missing moment away from just being a a, a team that's eliminable to playoffs. Like the the Lakers, if Anthony Davis goes missing, Lakers can't win. Okay, we're talking about. Right? I mean, it's been that way for a while. But but I'm saying, but look at the Western. There's no team in the Western Conference other than the Denver Nuggets that can go top to bottom and say, okay, there's not a single question. We can take. We, we, we everybody has injury issues. Anthony Davis has a history of going missing. The Clippers can never stay healthy. Phoenix is so built too top heavy. These guys can't be on the court together. Wait 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 wait. Kawhi, would you say the Clippers have issues? See what I did there. I see because <laughs> Paul George can't see because those guys can't stay on the court and now James Harden's there. The Not Phoenix Suns, the Phoenix Suns traded for three, have three superstars on the roster and none of them have been. They haven't been on the court together more than one game. They've been on the court together longer than the Charlotte Hornets have had healthy players at the same time this season. That's a stat, by the way. Thank you for talking about the Suns. I was planning on bringing them up, but so you have the Suns who are just literally they Bradley Beal's out and injured again. Bradley Beal's injured again at this point. So it's Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and a whole bunch of, of Big Ten basketball players playing in Phoenix right now. Okay, so you look at what? Oklahoma City is young. Minnesota is superly talented. And Anthony Edwards. Real quick. Give me a quick bit on how you feel about how Chet Holmgren's performing. I, it, as expected. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> Fair I, I think I think, for, <laughs> I think I think for a guy that has had a year off, um, learn the game. I think it's almost as Blake Griffin-esque as you possibly could have because Blake Griffin missed his first full season. Julius Randle did the same thing. Guys that got hurt in the very beginning and missed so much of their time is getting better. Joel Embiid missed time as a rookie. He didn't play his full first year. I think Chet Holmgren is, is exactly what Chet Holmgren was supposed to be. I think he's just fine. I think him and Wimby are going to be great. It's just fine. The only difference is Chet's in a better situation than Wimby because the Spurs are changing the whole franchise around. The one team no one is talking about Gets John Morant back next week. Oh, the Memphis Grizzlies are going to go on a run, but they're but there's so much they're in so much trouble right now. They're in the hole so far. Like, listen, listen, but you remember this is the same Memphis team a couple years ago that was in the same type of hole that won 23 of like 30 games, and Kyle got themselves right back to 500. That's a and lot. Asking for to do it again, though, right? Like. Listen, this is the NBA where anything could happen in the Western Conference. Like I said, there's no team that outside of Denver that you can sit here and say, oh, they're legitimate. Denver is legitimate all the way around. Yeah. Every other team has a question, a serious question, and, and injuries are injuries are, you know, are out of the question. Anthony Davis doesn't play. We don't know what Anthony Davis every night. We don't know about Denver, because I mean, about Phoenix, because they're not on the court together. The Clippers are the Clippers. The Kings are a fun team to watch. The Kings are superly fun to watch. I, but, Ethan Christian literally just said that on the student of the game report 
um, that I recorded with him just a couple hours ago. So that's crazy. Okay, they're they're a super fun team to watch. But guess what? The Kings are missing a a a a wing score. If they trade for Zach Levine, different story. The Kings were a different story if they get Zach Levine there. Bing. That's uh, all yeah, I'm saying. That's, that's something. The Warriors have all the experience in the world, and you don't bet against Steph Curry in anything like this because as long as Steph Curry can launch threes from from basically the other side of the country, they're they're okay. Den- Portland's out of it. We can we don't have to talk about Portland. No one cares about Portland at this point. Um, <laughs> and I think we talked about all. I guess the Oklahoma City. We don't know what what Oklahoma City is. Like I said, the Jazz. The Jazz were everybody's story last year. Everybody, they were surprised at how good they were last year. Now, Lori Marketing, who was phenomenal last year, might be on the trading block at this point. Hey, listen, my favorite thing from the Jazz was watching Taylor Hendricks do that phenomenal dunk. The other and day. listen, for those who thought Taylor Hendricks was going to be some kind of bust, let me tell you now, my guy Tony Jones has been saying this. Uh, big shout Tony Jones at the Atlantic. He's been saying all the entire time, all Taylor needed was just a little bit more court time, maybe in the G League. He just needed more court time. Any person, and Kyle, you cover UCF, you know, he was he already... Gold banneret. Bing, bing. Everybody knows to watch Taylor Hendricks knows this. Like me. He, he was going to be good. Yeah. He just needed a little bit more seasoning and a little bit more time in the crock pot. But once the crock pot binged, he was going to be A-OK. Guess oh, yeah. what? The crop pot is banged, and John Collins is back on the trading block once again. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's funny, man. I like that. Um, no, I'll have to. I'll have to put that. I'll have to give that quote over to the Orlando Sentinels. Uh, Jason Bede, Beatty. He 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 would, uh, he would find that interesting. Man, listen. There's a lot of quality stuff there going on. I, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna put put a bow on it with this. Um, when it comes to, I'll put it this way. The number one seeds last I looked are Minnesota and Boston. Do you feel like those two things hold when we actually head to playoff time? Boston will hold, Minnesota will not hold. And who you got then? You think, you think, uh, the, uh, the Nuggets will, uh, ascend once more? I feel like something's going to happen in the West. Somebody's getting traded at some point. Um, I think one of the Western Conference teams will make a move and we'll we'll circle back around this because we didn't mention the Dallas Mavericks either. And, they been, and when Kyrie Irving gets back, we don't know what we don't like I said there's so much we don't know. The only thing we know in the Western Conference is San Antonio will not make the playoffs. <laughs> Poor Wimby. I know you don't know, but San Antonio's is a reclamation project. One man's not gonna save this thing. You remember, they when they got Tim Duncan, it didn't happen overnight, okay? Dave Robinson ain't walking through that door to go help uh, to go help Wimby at the He's point. not. The only thing we can say is that San Antonio and and Portland. Hello. Gotcha. You're good. Kyle, can you hear me? I got you. Okay. Only thing we know is San Antonio and Portland playoff teams. That's the only thing we know at this point. Outside of that, everything's up for grabs. But I will say this: unless Kermit Wiltz shows up for the Timberwolves for the rest of the season, I don't think they'll end up at season number one overall. Number one season. If you don't know the Kermit Wills reference, it is the Christmas holiday season. Watch the Adam Sandler movie on Netflix. I'm pretty sure you're talking about Uncut Jim's Danny Thompson. 
You're talking uncut gym. Yep, there, right? Yeah. Okay. I I I I've uncut, been meaning to get to that one. I haven't done it yet, but I I will make I will keep yeah, Kermit Wilson in my back pocket. If you, you if Kermit Wilt shows up for the for the the Timberwolves the rest of the season, then they will the number one overall seed. Otherwise, the West is still wide open. Um, I think about I mean, six or seven teams get the number one overall seed, and really, I don't think number one seeds mean anything, as we've learned. It's yeah. really about who's playing the best basketball um at the right time in March and February. I'm sorry, in May and June. Those those that's the teams get to the finals in the West. Um I don't think seeds matter. I think Boston will be the top seed in the East. They're too good. Boston's too good. And Porzingis are healthy again, and then they'll just run through the East. Then problems, exactly. Danny Thompson, tell the people where you can be found. See my see my uh, Twitter handle. I'm sorry, my X handle on the bottom. That's Danny under Danny Three Thompson on, on uh, the X platform. Danny Three Thompson on X. Are you doing drugs? What are we talking about here? I mean, Listen, Elon. Yeah. It's on Elon Musk at this point. Um, <laughs> check out my Substack, which is the wonderful world of data on on Substack, uh, teaching you all things analytics from a different perspective. Also teaching the importance of why people talk about analytics. When numbers aren't bad, men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Well, that's the thing. Women, men and women who handle the numbers lie their ass off all the time. As a fellow data man, don't you dare leave that out in this conversation. We will, sir. I will leave it out more. I will leave it out just like that Arthur, uh, um, the same way that Arthur Blake left out not speaking to the media yesterday during Arthur Smith's weekly press conference. Oh, boy. With that in mind. <laughs> Danny Thompson, an honor, joy, and privilege. We'll catch you next time, my guy. Always, bro. So listen, after talking to Danny Thomas with uh, doing the thing with the NBA and talking some Falcon smack when he was so sure they were going to win the NFC South, and now he's given more of a what happened was answer. Um, let's go to somebody who has a bit more together when it comes to their team. This year, at least, he may have picked the Colts to make the playoffs last year. Turns out he was merely just a prophet. Silu, you're Colts, man. Welcome in, first of all. <laughs> but my mind is this boggled. I, as much as I run my mouth, I'm going to revert back to the title of the show as student of the game. Teach me and tell me, how did the Colts get here? First of all, with Uncle Rico. That in itself is nothing short of amazing. And, yeah. and and we we talked in the preseason about this team's limitations. I think I had them winning five games. They may double that if everything goes well here at the end of the year, especially with some of the friendlier elements of the closing schedule. But um, how did we get here? <laughs> what worked for the Colts, buddy? Yeah, I mean, coming into the season, I had us going having between six and nine wins. We're we're in that range right now. Um, and like you said. We could very well be at 10 wins by the time this whole thing is said and done, um, just depending on how these last three games play out. But, man, it's the it's the Shane Steichen effect. That I mean, that's really what I can say is that Shane came in and he kind of – it seems like he just changed the culture of the team. And the whole team is buying in. Like, the, from the defensive players, offensive players, they're all buying in to what Shane wants to do over there in Indy. And it's been crazy because when, when we lost our starting quarterback, when we lost Anthony Richardson, we thought, okay, you know, this might be a season where we may be picking in the top five again. Um, you were we, winning the benefits of yeah. Like, let's be real. That's yeah. correct. And then, like, losing offensive linemen left and right, like, just whether it was for a week or two, uh, concussion, knee injuries, whatever, 
um, and still being able to stay afloat. It's it's been wild, man. And all I can say is that Shane Shane has done a wonder in Indy. Um, I don't think our roster is great, but I think our roster is competitive. And and I said that before the season, you know, before the season and everything. Um, but when you start losing players, it's like, all right, you know, <laughs> we're we're down to the rookie corners, our our second round rookie corner and our seventh round rookie corner. Um, and so it's just one of those things was like, all right, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and, and how is this? How is this working? Um, and all I can go back to is just Shane, man. Shane just changed the culture in that Indianapolis locker room um, and all, all of the guys are buying in and. I think I, I think after the uh, after the last game when we have our little win cam or whatever, um, uh, what's his name? EJ Speed. He had went by it and he was like, "In shame we trust." Oh, in shame we trust. Um, and it's like I said, they're buying in. Like they bought in, and and they they play for him, and it and it shows week in and week out on the field. Hell, I mean, we hadn't beat the Steelers since two thousand and eight. <laughs> and, we, and we went out there and smoked them this past on Saturday. So, you know, it's it's just a different culture right now. Yeah, um, even, even the Manning Colts had trouble with the Steelers at time. Like, that, that yeah. goes back with that, that battle between those teams. Always a fun game to watch, it feels like. Um, I mean, as much fun as one can have watching Trubisky <laughs> and, and, and Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I make that joke, but there have been some of the Steeler rivalries where you have Joe Flacco and Charlie Batch at the helm. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, and that was the thing. That was the thing too, with this game, not only with, you know, going out there with Minshew, but then JT wasn't playing. Mm. Uh, Zach Moss, he played and then he got hurt. I think he had like 13 yards rushing um, and a touchdown. Uh, and then you have two practice squad, you know, running backs. One is Trey Sermon, who I'm sure you're familiar with. Mm -hmm. um, and then Tyler Goodson, who I'm pretty sure nobody knows who the hell he is. Um, but we have those guys combined for like 157 yards rushing. Um, so it's like, <laughs> it's, it's like, what the hell? Like, how is this happening? <laughs> no, I'm asking you that question. <laughs> hey, I was dumbfounded as everybody else. I'm just riding the wave right now, man. I'm I'm just happy to see that my team is competitive and that we are in the playoff hunt. Um, especially after last season, four, what, four, twelve, and one. Oh. Um it, it's it's been a wild ride. So well, it, it's good to see. And you keep saying playoff hunt. I, I don't think you give your squad enough credit. Like they're winning the division is on the board and I don't mean to make excuse for the Jaguars, but when you have Trevor in concussion protocol, right? When T laws in concussion protocol, uh, when you, you have Christian Kirk out when the defense is now granted, they're getting guys back gradually, but when they're, you know, missing as many as they have, when their offensive line is in shambles, not quietly as bad as your Colts was last year with injuries, um, on that, on that position, but it's a factor. Yeah. Right. I, I I feel like there's the opportunities there. Like, listen, my co-host on the Duval Dive, Travis Holmes, bing, who I'm sure you see often on Twitter. I knows who I know he knows who you are on Twitter. I can say that. <laughs> um, but when you see him starting to panic, okay, well, he panics all the time as a Jags fan. But when you see his analysis start to draw a line, you know, that's what that's worrisome when there's actually something else there other than man, 
you know, um, and, 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 and I'll say this as excited as I was to see, I was correct about CJ Stroud. A, I didn't think I would be this correct and B him, <laughs> him getting that concussion and them losing tank. Um, uh, tank it, Dell. It, you know, yeah. Tank Dell. Sorry. Yeah, there's too many tanks, right? Cause there's tank <laughs> yeah, yeah. about tank Bisbee with the tanks. <laughs> I ain't a tank. Uh, but yeah, tank Dell. They're there. And I, I don't know if Nico Collins is back. I know Will Anderson Jr. is battling some sort of an injury too. all of that to say that just puts the Colts in another position to pass another one. I mean, three eight win teams in the AFC South. I know I didn't have that on the bingo card and I doubt I think nobody did. Yeah. Um, uh, and maybe somebody in the state of Texas. I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, I, I'll say it. I'll say this. I'll say. I'll say this too. I think we mentioned the in chain we trust. Which I'll go to that real quick. You tell me. There's a motto, a, a slogan, a chant, a mantra, in that organization, culture wise. That in itself, to me, if I'm a fan of anybody else in the AFC South, is a dangerous thing. That's what made Jacksonville so dangerous early in the year. Is they were carrying in from last year with it was always the Jags. And that, that's, that, that, that feeling was how they got that seven-win streak to eventually get the division. What I hear you telling me is the Colts are catching that kind of lightning in a bottle, and that's a very interesting concept. Yeah. So maybe you say, I don't know what the hell, but I think you gave me enough to paint a picture <laughs> that has a preponderance of evidence of a possibility. How about that? I, <laughs> and listen, I'm not going to take anything away from Shane Steich and you put it out on Twitter a while back, which, by the way, check out at Drop Balls Pod. You could see all sorts of entertainment. Like, listen, <laughs> as much as Richard Minden's Hall's, um, shall we say, proposal of a race bowl <laughs> made me kind of cringe. And I'm like, I can can I go to this barbecue? Am I allowed? Here comes Silu going with his pick for the white team. Hey, O line, just just fill it in. Yeah, just fill it in. There's <laughs> enough white offensive linemen for you to build that offensive line up and make it solid. <laughs> I mean, but see, that being said, like I would say the same thing for the other side at the defensive back position, right? Like, that's yeah. <laughs> no, I just yeah, that's that's where y'all struggle at right there is the defensive back position. Who's going to cover Tyree? I don't care about anything else. <laughs> Who's going to cover Tyreek? Is a triple team on the table? Because we could leave other guys open while the Bosa brothers and, and TJ Watt do business. Uh, anyway. <laughs> See, I'm glad you acknowledge that. See, everybody's having fun with it. I I was worried for me. I don't know if I could laugh at that joke. That's all. Yeah, I man. I think I think it's something everybody should have fun with. Like, I don't I didn't agree with his tweet, but I'm like, you're gonna put it out there. Let's have some fun with it. Let's let's make some jokes. Let's see how these teams stack up against each other. And I think he got I think he got the white team kind of messed up, man. I think the white team got some hey, that pass rush is dangerous. Like <laughs> listen. For all the conventional wisdom that says that the building of a team starts inside the numbers, realistically, the black team's in a little trouble. You guys, you know? <laughs> anyways, no, there's listen, there's plenty of linemen for of color that whoop. Oh, yeah, 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 for you sure. Know? I mean, I'll put it this way I, I don't know the offensive lineman equivalent, or I should say, um, counterpart, the offensive line counterpart to Cooper Cup. You know, is there somebody on on that side that stands out at O line like Cooper Cup does at receiver? But whoever that is, we need to find them to keep that team even. That's all I'm saying. 
Oh, I mean, uh, Trent Williams. We'll, we'll take y'all. Oh, uh, how we'll did I not think Yeah, it. we'll take your left tackle from the 49ers. I mean, well, you mean the 49er MVP? And nobody yeah. wants to have that conversation. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so, no, that. How, how did I not think of that? Now I feel guilty. <laughs> People are going to judge me now. Ah, no. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Man, listen, that that's, that's a fun bit I had to bring up. Like, I, I tweeted you back when you said that. On the offensive line thing, I'm like, I, I feel attacked. And here, for those who are watching the video, they could see the Aaron Evans original behind me. So my credentials, like, that, that's my house. But I don't want raisins of the potato salad. See, Lou, why did you do that? Anyway. <laughs> uh, that was fun. Um, going back to a more serious topic, though, you tweeted something else you tweeted out that was less comical and more insightful. It's still plenty entertaining is the concept uh, of, of Shane Steichen as a coach of the year should the Colts make the playoffs. And listen, I'm not anti the sediment. However, you have the same problem other – we'll compare it to movies. There's a movie, Tootsie. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but do so. Um, Dustin Hoffman, uh, it, let's just say it was dealing with, with, with folks in drag long before it was cool. Um, but, yeah. The reason why it didn't win an Oscar is it came out in a year where there were so many great candidates. There really wasn't a bad one, and only one can win. The only reason I don't agree with Shane Steichen is the following list. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. D'Amico Ryans. Sorry about that. D'Amico Ryans, of course, Shane Steichen. Uh, Stefanski uh, with the Browns. Sean Payton. Um, let's see. Who else? We got... LaFleur, I can't read my writing, I'm sorry, and Mike McDaniel. Those, that list right there should tell you everything you need to know. Okay, so I ask you this. Make the pitch of why Steichen's better than those guys, or am I on to something that Stefanski is the actual answer? So I'm going I'm to say this. The only coach that I've seen, or the only coach that you have on that list that I've seen that has faced as much adversity as Shane Steichen is Kevin Stefanski. I think out of I think out of all of those coaches, him and Shane have the best case for coach of the year this year. I mean, Mike McDaniel's yeah, what he's done with the Dolphins is cool, but they were what nine and eight last year, missed the play or made it first round of the playoffs or something like that. Um, this year it could be, I mean, I don't know their record right now, but it could be close to the very same thing. Like it's really not much has changed with with the Dolphins. They um, are about to clinch playoffs. But, yeah, whatever that's worth. And I and I, I am going to say they they have been missing you know offensive linemen having to do some reshuffling and stuff on the offensive line. So I give them that. Um, as far as D'Amico Ryan's, he's doing a phenomenal job over there in Houston, and I, I don't take anything away from that. Um, but when you've had your starting quarterback for the majority of the season, um, your offensive coordinator has been amazing, and Bobby Slowick. Um, it's hard for me to be like ah oh, he's really faced adversity, but he has brought the Texans up from what they were last year. I'll say this in Ryan's defense, and especially lately his quarterback in question also being injured, all of that. Um, he's been facing injuries throughout the year. Yeah. And has helped develop a rookie on the spot. Now, granted, some of that goes to C.J. Stroud. Absolutely. Okay. But what, what's going on with Tank Dell becoming a star too? Will Anderson becoming an immediate success? All of the above on that is is a big part of why I, I at least have you got to put him on the list and i think no yeah i think he should be on the list for sure but my thing is is i think with tank we all we all knew what tank was gonna well we didn't know what he was gonna be but we knew tank was gonna be good like majority right. of the people knew that tank dell was 
I, I don't know a lot of teams that didn't want Tank Dell or a lot of people that didn't want Tank Dell on their team because they already knew what kind of receiver they were getting in Tank. But this is just I, – I, I think I posted this the other day. Uh, this is just my little list of why I believe Shane should be – Oh, look, of the year. He's got the argument ready. Let's go. Yeah. So we've had a rotation of offensive linemen that have been in and out of the lineup. Uh, and Blake Freeland has been either a left tackle or right tackle because our starting left tackle was hurt or our right tackle was hurt. And he's a rookie. I think we took him in the fifth or sixth round or something like that. Um, but he's been trial by fire against Miles Garrett, against uh, Aaron Donald, against TJ Watt this past weekend. So there's that you with feel him. free to mention Josh Allen twice. Yeah, Josh Allen twice. Um, so there's that QB one goes down um in and out of the lineup throughout the first four games, and then he's finally you know done for the season after the tight or during the Titans game. Um, running back has missed seven plus games. RB1 has missed seven plus games, and he's gotten everything out of Zach Moss that he could get from with. I mean, we've seen Zach Moss with the Bills, and they could get absolutely nothing from him. Um, and at one point, Zach Moss was, I think second or third in the league in rushing yards right um your your starting corner goes or your starting corner gets suspended for gambling <laughs> um so so uh he gets suspended then yes your your q or your corner two your cb2 he tears his achilles mm-hmm. so now you're starting two rookie corners one is a seventh round pick the other is a second round pick so you're starting two rookie corners um Let's see. You you putting up you putting up rushing yards with practice wide running backs. Um, you're eight and six. You hold a playoff spot currently, and you're tied for the AFC South. Um, I mean, and granted, D'Amico Ryan's is as well. But all of that to say that I think D'Amico's doing a phenomenal job. But to me, Shane and Stefanski probably have the best case for Coach of the Year. I know people throw Dan Campbell in there too because the Lions are probably about to win their division. And get a playoff spot, but to me, his roster is better than anybody anybody else's roster out there. As far as like when it comes to Stefanski or when it comes to the Colts or or the Texans, so it's easy to coach that team, especially when you were a nine win team last year, except mm-hmm. whatever they were last year. Um, he's not a first year coach. Too, he's like. not a first year coach too, yeah. and I I know people are made arguments about oh well you know this that and the third last year and this year blah 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 with dan campbell look at brian dable last year he took that giants team that was out of the playoffs the year before he took them to the playoffs last year i think they won nine or ten games um i see if you're gonna bring brian dayball up in this mess um i would push (laughs) back that it's pretty easy to say give the ball to saquon that that's not tough coaching Okay, I'm just gonna throw this. <laughs> yeah. All right, but but guess what? He won Coach of the Year last year from giving the ball to Saquon. We won Coach of the Year from the lamestream media. But all I can say <laughs> is, all I can say this about the Giants, and tell me if you agree, Silu. All I can say is this about the Giants: they didn't have fans showing up with clown masks on in the crowd. No, they didn't do any okay? of that. They weren't mired in Urban's coaching. <laughs> I'm just no, they did. They didn't do any of those things. On, you got robbed on that. But one. but see, and that's part of the reason why I do think Shane probably won't win it is because Indy is a small market team. That's a good point. And nobody pay nobody pays attention to Indianapolis until they start winning something. So so it's going to be hard to really make a case for them. But that that's my case, and that's why I think I've been pushing so hard because. 
for the past few weeks, they've had D'Amico in those conversations. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, and they've never mentioned Shane. And my thing, and I've been saying it for like the past three, four weeks. And I even said it during the offseason that I wouldn't be surprised if he won it. But the thing is, is that they never mentioned Shane. And I feel like we are we beat the Texans for one. <laughs> We've already beaten them. We're we hold the playoff spot and they don't like, but he's in Houston. It, not saying it's a big market, but Houston it is, is a big market, though. Yeah, it's Houston. So that's I'll, the reason I think we won't win it. I'll say this. Um, yes, you did beat Houston in round one with round two upcoming yep. on week 18. If CJ Stroud's back, I'm not sure the Colts are as convincing an option to win that game. I, oh I, no, they're they're not. I think it's a more evenly matched game um at that point. Um yeah, I don't I don't think we I don't think we're like hands down should be the favorite to win that game either. I think if it's I mean it's pretty obvious that, and I'm the reason why I bring that up is pretty obvious too for the Colts that um what is it? The Falcons and the Raiders are the remaining two games before you play them in week 18. See, I have all this memorized thanks to the <laughs> thanks to the holiday poem about the state of the Jaguars that I wrote in the for, yeah, the, uh, up there on Jaguar Report. Bing! So, I mean, check it out. You can tell me what you think about it too, not just from a festive standpoint as my gift to you as a member of the Sports After Dark crew such as you are. Um man, I've even backed off of talking trash on the Cowboys cuz like what's been Lady Ash has been dealing with is crazy. She'll also probably be angry about the fact and have plenty of reason to talk that my eight win prediction is looking like it's a little off so far. But I got that. <laughs> um, congratulations to her on her engagement. Anyway, anyway, I didn't have her back for on sure. the so I could do that in person. But I just more wanted to shout out Sports After Dark for the good time that it is. But here's the thing. Um, oh yeah, but yeah, Bing, we could do that, right? Uh, <laughs> um, let me into. I think the three main targets right now and it's dependent on which team makes the playoffs we'll worry about tie breaks if more than one t does that that's a separate yeah. show um but i have three teams that if they make the playoffs coach of the year is a factor you mentioned steichen i talk about stefanski as you agree with sean payton he gets to the broncos to the playoffs we got to have that conversation too right Yeah, I guess. He's yeah. not convinced. I, I mean, they also let up seventy points to a team this year, but you know. I mean, but see, and that's and that's a fair point. <laughs> but that's actually a point in favor of it too, because since that they bounced back. Yeah, right? they like, bounced back. It's funny they gave a game ball to the guy that ruined the team that bad after they after he beat the mess that he made. And now they might get to the playoffs. Yeah. What are we doing here? I, I don't know. I just want to bring that up. That, that's the, but I don't, I don't personally, I mean, yeah, if, if they make it, you got to have a conversation, but I don't think after they, what they lost this past weekend, right? They did. I believe to the lions. Yeah. They lost to the lions. Um, and then with the bills playing, how they're playing, I, I can't see the, the Broncos making it. I mean, it's a possibility. I just can't see it happening. That's my whole thing. If the statement today is I can't see it and then he gets there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to open the can. You got to have the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I can't front on any of that, man. That's what's up. There you go. See, at first you were like, oh, no, man. Like, let's look back <laughs> off the weed. I know you got the green background. It's not just a chalkboard, is it? No, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying. Um, 
You know, we don't talk, you and I don't talk hoop as much as I'd like, but in light of the fact that this is recording is going to be going while um, while the Heat are here in Orlando, um, and who knows, depending on the timing, I might even get my first opportunity to talk to Spo in a presser. Looking forward to that, I can tell you for a fact. Um, <laughs> the most underappreciated NBA coach in history, Eric Spo. That guy said it. Um, talk to me about the Heat so far this season, man. What do you think? Oh, oh that was a big sigh. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, because, listen, man. Well, for one, I'm happy that we finally got Bam and Tyler Hero back. They played um, the other night. But the thing with, with the Heat, man, they had to figure a way. They had to figure out a way or figure out something, whether it's making a trade or something. But these third quarter scoring droughts that we go on are not good. Like, we'll, because I think the Timberwolves just this, this past game, we we're blowing them out in the first half. Third quarter comes around. We score 17 points. They score like 30. Now, now it's a game. <laughs> and then they win the fourth quarter and, you know, game over, we lose. Mm -hmm. um, but that's happened multiple times this year where we've had we've had big leads going into halftime. And then coming out of the halftime, it's just like we go into scoring drought where we can't buy a bucket. So we have to fig we have to figure that out. Um we 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 definitely have to figure that out, and we have to figure it out fast because I understand people say like bat, or NBA doesn't start till after Christmas, but for me, I don't really buy into that whole notion. My my thing is you gotta you gotta start and you gotta finish, yeah. um, because if you if you can start good, then the finish isn't ha doesn't have to be as dramatic. Like I, I point to the I point to the Lakers last year. They started off really bad last season. And then after the trade deadline and everything, you saw them pick up. But it was a really dramatic finish. If you start off good, you don't have to have as dramatic finish as that. Um, and that's one of the things that we need to figure out. We need to figure out that third that third quarter, um, whether it's going to go make a big trade or the guys that we have on the team got to step up. But I'm glad we have Tyler Hero back. And Bam, Tyler Hero has been playing out of his mind when he is playing. Um, and Bam has shown a ton of improvements on the offensive side of the ball. And he was um, your best player in the finals. So you're telling me that guy's improving yeah. above? That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, not only does he bring it defensively, but offensively, he looks like he's finally putting everything together. And Tyler yeah. Hero is finally making his – he's finally putting his stamp on his name to where he's no longer going to be in trade talks. That's how I feel personally. Um, and I know that was a goal of his coming into the season. So it's good to see that. Yeah. Well, and and, and and let me ask you this, Lou, because I don't know how much of it is the East, the 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 tide in the East rising to where a lot of ships rose with it. I mean, specifically the Magic. Now, granted, the Magic didn't necessarily make acquisitions so much as they just, you know, stayed young guys for thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, even Fultz has been missing a ton of time, and they're doing amazing stuff from Joey Ingles, like who has a sprained ankle tonight. So hey. I'm liking the Heat's chances right now on the Thunder, <laughs> at least. But, uh, like, the Boston is managed to get through whatever it was um, that they needed to in the offseason and, and look this strong. I don't think anybody's super shocked by that, but that happened. Philly's still a factor. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, it's it's – from that point – I'll put it this way. From that point on, it's a lot of teams that – you're not sure exactly what they're going to do. The Heat, I think, might be the most, what's his word, um, secure option when healthy. 
to make noise in the East, but I'm already four or five teams in, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I guess, well, here's the point I'll make. You mentioned the point about going off, you know, the start matters just as much as the finish. And the best example of that is your semifinal, your conference final series last year against Boston. You don't win those three, you go home because they won the next three, you know. Yep. But I'll say this too. The fact that the reason why your start is slower than you'd like being related to injury, I mean, that that lifts the spirit a little bit, right? Uh, No. <laughs> no, no matter. No, because even even when Bam and Tyler were were healthy, we were still having these third quarter issues. Mm. Um, and and that was part of the reason why in this offseason I wanted to get Dame. Like that's part of the reason why I was so big when I was getting Dame because Dame doesn't have to. For one, Dame wouldn't have to carry for the first for the first two quarters. We could figure that out. Like we we always figured that out. It was those third and fourth quarters where we had to close out games or close out quarters where it would have been nice to have a, a, a guy like Damian Lillard who can just put the ball in the basket <laughs> with ease. Um, so it, that's one of the big reasons. And that's one of the reasons I've been I've been trying to push to get uh, Zach Levine. Like we don't have to have to, we don't have to have anybody crazy, but it would help to get somebody that is known as a scorer and can put the ball in the basket and do what they got to do to keep us afloat in those third and fourth quarters until, you know, everybody else pull their head out there behind and get it right. A get, a get right element to the roster. And yeah. I, I can't front on that. I mean, you got a guy that's as passionate as Jimmy. If he can't lift him up, something else is going on. That's, um, that's, that's why, that's why I, I don't want to say it's baffling, but I can see why you're concerned. I'll, I'll leave it. Yeah. There. Yeah. So, Man, I appreciate all the walkthrough on the facts and the figures and all this other stuff, but I believe by now you know what time it is. Yes, I do. Got time for some for some picks? Let's do some picks. Let's get them. <laughs> right. So listen, uh, I mean, I, I can't pretend that every single one of these football games are going to be good this late in the season. And though this football game in question isn't particularly good, there's a lot attached to it. The Saints head to L.A. to battle the Rams. See, Lou, who you got? Give me the Rams. I can't front on that either. I mean, Aaron, Char Aaron, sorry, Aaron Charles Donald doing battle <laughs> against that offense is all I need to know. Not to be confused with Aaron Charles Rogers. Like, that's, that's anyways, a whole thing. Uh, the Bills head to the Chargers in L.A. as well. I I, 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 yeah, that, that's a Saturday game. That's, a, yeah, I don't know why. Are, are we talking about this? Is anybody else thinking the Bills blow this game as weird no. as they are? If, if Justin Herbert was playing, then maybe, but <laughs> no. So I think we agree on that one as well. The Bengals head to Pittsburgh to battle Mason Rudolph at quarterback with the Steelers. See Lou. Uh, I'm going to Bengals. The Steelers, they got some injuries going on. And, you know, KZ has been suspended the rest of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's Mason Rudolph, man. Like, <laughs> you, you, That was my answer, too, man. Listen, Trey Hendrickson's going to have a great day. And uh, the best skill position group in the NFL, arguably, is going to lift up Jake Browning once again. The Colts, yeah. your Colts, head to Atlanta to battle the fraud cons. The fry cons is hilarious. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going. I'm going with the Colts, and it's not because the Homer pick, but it's it's history, man. I mean, we're 15 and two versus the Falcons. Like, 
they're our best win percentage. Like out of all 30 or 31 teams, we have the best win percentage against the Falcons. That's and Arthur, bad. yeah, and Arthur Smith, I I don't know. He doesn't know what he's doing over there. Seems like I swear he doesn't. Um, so I'm going with the Colts. I think I think we we beat them. I think it, it's very very convincing. I'll put it this way: I, I I always had a question in a man who thought bringing Marky Marcus Mariota back was a good plan. I'll leave it at that. Um, yeah. And by the way, uh, their fraud con uh, public. I tried to warn you about Desmond Ritter, but you wouldn't listen. Taylor Heineke benching him for a second time this season. That should tell you everything you need to know. I too have the Colts as an air quotes non homer. Uh, Seattle <laughs> heads over to Tennessee to battle the Titan. Do do we have to? Can we? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> this, one, this, this one is, well, I'll just say it. Lions head over to Minnesota to battle the Vikings. Man Campbell is going to bite some kneecaps off, I assume. Right, C. Lou? I'm going Vikings. Interesting. Break that down. The Lions seem to get into these very close. I mean, it's a divisional game. Right. Um, so they get into these very close games with their divisional opponents. We saw the Packers beat them. We saw the Bears just beat them. We saw the Bears take them to the brink in their first meeting. Um, I think the Vikings are they're, they're a better team than the Bears for sure. Their defense is playing lights out right now. Um, and having Jettas back and Jordan Addison doing what he's doing, I think just provides a little bit too much for that, that, uh, that defense, especially because their secondary isn't really that good. Um, but I think it's going to be a shootout. It's not going to be one of those um, low-scoring games. I think yeah. it'll be a shootout, but I think the Vikings pull it out. And, I mean, granted, it is uh, – who's their quarterback? Um, it's not Job Stobbs anymore. I know that. No, it's <laughs> it's y'all old quarterback. It's the old quarterback for the 49ers. Um, oh, Mullins. That's right, Nick Mullins. Yeah, right? Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins, that's right. Um, and, I mean, he took the Bengals to the brink a little bit. So, I think he'll go out there and be able to make enough plays to get them to dub. That's um. I, I'll tell you this. Oh, and Ty Chandler's been balling like he balled out last week. No, he has been good actually. Um, I uh, I'm not prepared to mock your answer because the statement you made about divisional games in the NFC North being wacky is spot on. And what's also interesting too, I believe the Lions have a second Minnesota game, and then the Packers waiting in the wings. They could finish struggling with a trio of divisional games. That being said, I don't think that happens here. Call me a Vikings hater if you want. I have <laughs> Madden Campbell and the Lions. Um, in the game that's probably least likely to be turned tuned into at one o'clock, possibly. Uh the <laughs> the Red Tails, sorry, commanders travel to East Rutherford to battle the Jets. What do you got there, Silu? Oh my god. Is Jacoby <laughs> is is Jacoby Brissett starting? Um, I, I would assume so, but I, I don't know, like at this point, the, 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 Sam Howell's the only uh, quarterback that's been relatively healthy throughout the season thus far. Um, yeah, but he got benched last week. He and, did. Oh my God. This is a trash game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I tried to warn you. I, <laughs> I'm going to go with the commanders. Um, he's going red tails. Okay. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'm going to go with them. I'll give you this much credit. If Jacoby Brissett starts, I too will take the Red Tails, but I, I'm just not as convinced for either team, obviously. Let's <laughs> I would just not bet this game and just pretend it didn't exist. How about that? Um, <laughs> the Packers uh, battle the Panthers in Carolina. What say you, C. Lou? 
the Packers. Yeah, that's a shocker. <laughs> um, this this game would be a lot more intriguing if they had their starting quarterback already been announced that C.J. Stroud will be sitting as he's still in concussion protocol. The Browns head to Houston to battle the Texans. See Lou. The I'm going with uh, I'm going with the Browns. Yeah, I, I I got you there too. That isn't just AFC South hate going on there right yeah. now. I mean, if CJ was healthy, I would go. I would go Houston, but we're with him being in, out. We're in a world where I'm more confident in Flacco at quarterback than what's going on in Houston right now. No offense to Davis Mills, but that's a little crazy. Anyways, uh, the, the Jags head over to Tampa to battle the Bucks. This game's entirely confusing because at this point. Um, I've not seen anything on Trevor's situation, um, so I don't know that answer yet. Um, I'm not sure the Jags do, uh, but <laughs> who you got, Lou? So this is hard. Um, I don't even know if I'm ready to pick this one yet. Um, and actually, this is one of the games on our pick them for Sports at the Dark, you know, shameless plug. But uh-huh. um, if you abstain here, I don't blame you because it is so unknown. Yeah, I, um, I think I'm abstain just because I don't know what's going on with Trevor. I don't like yeah. I, I wouldn't I need more information on that because that changes a lot of things if Trevor's playing. Oh, a million percent. That yeah. being said, uh, as the host of the show, I don't have that option. I'm going to go Jaguars <laughs> for now, just simply on the strength of the fact I think Josh Allen gets in Maker Bayfield's head. And I think there's some in, uh, turnovers baked into what he does that day. Can the offense capitalize? I'm obviously guessing yes, but I'm not that secure in my answer, as you might note if you read my article I mentioned earlier about the holiday state of the Jacksonville Jaguars on the Jaguar report. Uh, Next up, Arizona going to Chicago. Oh my God, this game might be worse. Uh, I don't know if Kyler Murray's back. I'm betting against it. Um, That's crazy. What do you guys see, Lou? (laughs) This is a disgusting game, too. Um, God damn. Um... There's no, there's not even any football reasons behind it, but I'm, I'm going with the Cardinals. I'm going to say the Bears just so I can be contrarian and sound risky <laughs> on my show while also acknowledging the Bears have looked at least slightly better. They, they have, uh, especially on defense for sure. Right, exactly. Um, this is a big one. The Cowboys head over to South Florida to battle the Miami Dolphins. See Lou. I'm going with the Cowboys. I think they have a nasty taste in their mouth from what happened last week against the Bills, um, and they got to right the ship, and I think they do it against the Dolphins. Um, the thing with the Cowboys is you got to out-physical them, um, which we saw the Bills do that. We saw the 49ers do that. We saw the Arizona Cardinals do that. Um, I think with Miami, they can out physical Miami because Miami to me is just more of a speed and finesse team than a physical team. And they, they have a lot of issues with that offensive line right now where they lost their center um, and, and stuff like that. So I, I think, I think the Cowboys get, they write the ship this week. Yeah. It'd be one thing if the Cowboys lost their center, the one part of the uh, Miami defense I currently like right now is Christian Wilkins in the middle of D tackle. Everybody else. I have questions because yeah. uh, they're either aging or aren't a portion of what they used to be, or they're hurt, or something's wrong. Um, yeah, I- I'll say this. This game's going to be a shootout, as Mike McDaniel is the Lincoln Riley of the NFL. I know you'll agree with that. <laughs> um, but why aren't they in the Pac-12? Oh, because it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> no, uh, I'm stalling. I- 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 this has that feel, and you'll know this as a Colts guy. 
this has that feeling of Peyton Manning versus Tony Romo, where it was like 51 to 48 or something. This that kind of game is what I see here. It's just a matter of which defense fails less. Um, it's the road, and people are gonna say the Dallas Cowboys on the road are a bad team. It's not they're a bad team on a road, they're just bad on the road against good teams, which Miami is. I'll get I'll, you know what? I'll take Mike McDaniel to make the Cowboys fans sad. Maybe that's just wishful thinking as a Niners fan. <laughs> <laughs> this is um this game would have been harder to pick earlier in the year, but I think it's pretty easy now. The Patriots head to the mile high to battle Denver. What say you, C Lou? Yeah, I'm going Denver. Oh, it's a tough one either. Sean, yeah, it's, it's not a tough one, but I'm going Denver. I just I just like to root against Russell Wilson. Oh, it's like that. Why why you gotta hate on Carrington so much? Why why is that gotta be a thing, buddy? It's why? not hate, it's just you know, everybody tried to make him something more than what he was, and the whole world finally sees it now. So you, you know what's funny is when he was younger, I would say he was overrated. He's not bad, he's just overrated. And then he come out and, you know, did some things. And then uh, 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 Malcolm Butler made the one play he's made in his entire life. (laughs) It ruined everything. Anyway, (laughs) um, (laughs) the Las Vegas Raiders head to to, uh, Arrowhead to battle Kansas. We don't need to talk about this. Yeah. Anyways, uh, the Giants head to Philadelphia. Yeah, I... You know, the only reason why I pause to talk about this is how bad the Eagles have been playing. But does anybody really have the Giants struggling? Or rather, the Eagles struggling that much. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they lose this one to the Giants, but I do think they drop one to the Giants. Oh, so you say you're picking the Giants on the road in one of the final three weeks here? That's fascinating. Okay. Well, Hold on. Up. Where 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 did where is this one at? This one's in at the link. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I think Philly wins this one. I think they'll. I think Philly will lose when they go to New York or to New Jersey. Oh, hey! If everything goes out well, maybe they don't need that game, and your pick will be made true. Yeah, maybe. What is clearly the best Christmas present the NFL has to offer? The Baltimore Ravens head to Santa Clara to battle the San Francisco 49ers. I checked. Trent Williams is healthy. This will be a game. See, Lou. Oh, man. Going to be disappointed in me with this one. Um, but I'm, go- I'm going the Ravens. I don't blame you. Like, listen, you, you expect me to have you vote against Lamar, Demetrius Jackson. How you feel about I'm not an idiot. Listen, I saw it in person on this past Sunday night there in the press box at Everbank Stadium. Do you think I'm that angry? You select that? What kind of homer do you make me for? No, man. Um, I, that, that's I, and It's funny. I've got to see both those teams in that press box. Here's what I know for a fact. The defense had more trouble. Uh, in Jacksonville stopping the Niners than they did Lamar Demetrius Jackson with fewer injuries playing against the Niners. That being said, it's mostly because the offense played worse in that Niner game than they did against the Ravens. Hard as that is to believe, right? But enough of trying to do the Rosetta Stone through the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here's my thing. Lamar Demetrius Jackson can neutralize, essentially, pass rushes. I might have been worried about Mark Andrews missing, but now him still having success with a tight end is still quite likely. <laughs> um, for me, you know, you, actually, you know who wins with this game? America. That's yes. what the case is. No, I got to pick somebody, don't I? Um, <laughs> man, this is uh, like this is just not a difficult game to pick. But I, I feel like there's a smaller margin of error for the Niners offensively because 
if Brock Purdy's in trouble, he obviously can't escape like Lamar Demetrius Jackson. It's just not an option. However, I do feel like the Niners have a lot more weapons. Um, I mean, listen, Old Bones, Old Bones Jr. there, uh, a.k.a. Odell Beckham Jr. is doing great, but Zay Flowers is doing great, but y'all just lost Mitchell, and I mean, the, the, the weapons is lacking, whereas I, yeah. can count, I can count off five pro bowlers on offense immediately, including Brock. But I think this is the game. I think this is the game that proves that Brock is being carried more than than he's the MVP, as I've said oh, for some weeks now. I said it. Um, I, I, I think I'll take. I'll think I'll take the Ravens this week. I may not be smart about it, but because um, I'm not sure how they'll respond to Lamar Demetrius Jackson, they'll think they can handle it. Because look what we did to Jalen Hurts. That is not the same beast. It's not. Yeah, it's not the um, same at all. <laughs> I think Lamar Demetrius Jackson. I'll make this stat. If 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 the if the Niners lose. Um, a stat line I expect to see is Lamar Demetrius Jackson throwing for over 250 yards. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I think for the um, for the Ravens, the big X factor is going to be Kyle Hamilton. Hmm. Um, and I, I say that just because of everything you all do on offense, mm-hmm. um, and he's likely going to be matched up with at some at some point in time. He's going to be matched up with CMC. He's going to be matched up with Kittle. He's going to be matched up with Debo. And that's where, like, I think those key matchups are going to be at um, when they match up against Kyle. So we'll see what happens. But I mean, he might even have to do battle with Usechek, bro. Don't rule that yeah, out. Yeah, that that too. I forgot about Kyle. They always, <laughs> hey, you can't forget about Kyle. <laughs> and you can't, many. Anyways, um, wow, that was um, that was some that was some that was some lightning round shit right there. Okay, let's do this. All right. <laughs> um, I might have to edit that out. I got a little too excited. Anyways, um, see Lou, tell the world where you could be found, my friend. Yeah, man. Y'all can find me on Twitter at Dropballs Pod. Um, you can also find me uh in a in a space uh talking sports or something like that, <laughs> especially uh sports at the dark. We host our space every Monday or Sunday night, Monday night, and thursday night um after the the nfl games that'll probably change up here soon after you know the nfl season's over with um also sports at the dark after hours if you check out youtube sports at the dark um we got our after hours show up there we were starting to do a little bit you know in the morning too yesterday we rolled in the morning um but just so we could push out more content and also you know the sports at the dark hoodie uh y'all can make sure to go cop one of those if you go to my 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 uh, Twitter, my Twitter page. You can find a link for the hoodies there, but um, or the Sports at the Dark Twitter page. It doesn't matter. You can find the link there as well. But yeah, man, um, those are all the places you can find me. You know, I, I talk a lot of trash on Twitter. You know, I have a lot of fun on Twitter. <laughs> for you, like you may not be a Trekkie, but when it comes to your trash talk, all I could think of on Twitter is space, the final frontier. <laughs> I know what space is, but that ruins the joke. You get it. <laughs> Anyways, no, Silu, man, as a great time, as always. Thank you for jumping in. Um, thank you also to Danny Thompson for doing that whole thing. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, a student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram and threads as the same, the SOTG. You can find me on Facebook as a student of the game. Check out my writings with the Jaguar Report, including my holiday-themed episode, I'm not doing a game day thing. The Jacks decided to do a four o'clock game with the Bucks, and I got two little kids. It don't work. Uh, 
<laughs> also, check out my work with the Black and Gold Banneret. Friday, the 22nd, I will be at the Gasparilla Bowl at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. Yeah, looking real forward to that drive. <clears throat> at any rate, uh, I will be there handling that business, so make sure you check out my writings on the theblackandgoldbanneret.com and also check out post-game uh, the night shift podcast as we wrap up the bowl game and the football season is law at large as we start heading into recruiting into that whole cat race debacle thing whatever college recruiting is difficult Lou. what can i say uh of course that's a fact check out my work covering the magic with a7bn sports uh, and also my work with the three-point conversion. I covered the Cure Bowl for them last week. I will be covering the Pop-Tarts Bowl and the Citrus Bowl for them next week. Look out for all that action um, and a lot of good content from there as well, of course. So I had a great time, like I always do, talking to two of my favorite sure. experts on things in general. Thanks again, Lou. like I said. Thank you uh, to Danny Thompson as well. But until next time, everyone, class dismissed. <laughs>